0: in fact our work from home study this year found that one in five employees have taken on a new gig outside of their full-time job to gain new skills and experiment with other job opportunities that's a significant number so again this is an area where hr can get ahead of this by being the one that enables employees to understand what their career path is, to think about what the key skills that they are need to get there, but also to understand what opportunities are available so that they see a growth path within their own company.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of All About HR. And today is a very special one because it is our season finale. My name is Neily, I'm your host, and for today's episode, I got to speak with Rebecca Wetterman. Rebecca is a tech analyst and a thought leader, and she has a deep knowledge about human capital management, tech, AI, and strategy. Rebecca is the principal at a company called Valois, Valois is an analyst firm that provides research and advisory services with a focus on the relationship between people and technology. Together, we briefly talked about 2021, but mostly we looked at 2022. What is one thing that HR should stop doing straight away? And what's another thing that HR should start doing immediately? We also had a brief look at the trends that we recently issued here at the Academy to innovate HR. We talked about HR owning business transformation, HR as a product, and talent marketplaces, I think it's time now for you to go and take a look yourself. Before you do so, however, don't forget, if you haven't done so yet, to subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell, and like this video. Thank you, and i see you soon for a new episode in a new season. Bye! another episode of All About HR. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of All About HR. My name is Nelly, I'm your host and on today's episode which is the season finale I speak with Rebecca Wetterman. Hi there Rebecca, how are you? Hi Neely. I'm great, thanks for having me today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm very happy that we made connection. All right. So, Rebecca, super, super happy to have you here for the season finale. And um, it's the end of 2021. 2022 is definitely inside. So what better time to reflect a little bit on this year and to try and look into our crystal ball and speak about 2022. Now, before we really dive into the nitty-gritty of all that, I thought we could do kind of rapid-fire uh, kind of style of questions to, to kick things off with. Because, you know, 2021 was both a tough and an exciting year. It was tough because it was still pretty much dominated by COVID-19 and the aftermath of that. But it was also exciting because... Um, we really believe that this is, this is the best time to work in HR and not the least because HR is absolutely critical in helping companies overcome many of the challenges that they are facing at the moment. Now, if HR were to draw any lessons from 2021, uh, that will prove to be relevant and useful for 2022. So what's one thing that you'd absolutely want HR to do better next year?
0: HR needs to do better at looking outward. They did make a lot of progress, certainly in in 2021, but about looking beyond what they do uh, within the HR department in areas like training, learning, and coaching, where they can enable employees and not just push technology or programs.
1: All right, start looking outward. The second one, Rebecca, coming right at you, is what's one thing you'd absolutely want HR to stop doing right away? Wow, that's a good one, Neely. I
0: would say HR to stop looking at employee surveys as a real measure of how employees are doing. We've tended to even look more when we're out of the office at even mini surveys. And surveys, well, maybe a good snapshot often are not used with the best of intentions, and there are other ways to understand how
1: employees are really doing than sending them another survey. Fantastic, and then here's the last one. What's one thing you'd like to see HR start doing next year?
0: Focusing more on coaching and training and new ways to deliver coaching and training. You know, having employees learn is so important and engaging them in their jobs and positioning for them for success in their career. So looking at new technologies and techniques to enable coaching and training. On a broader basis are going to be really important.
1: Very nice. I think we'll touch on that one later actually, Rebecca. But thank you very much for this super uh, intro, I think, to today's conversation. Now, as I said, we are going to look at 2022. And so we uh, came out recently with 11 HR trends for next year. And for us, the overarching theme there really was about HR pushing boundaries. Now, within that overarching theme, We have identified um, several key topics now. And the first one here is HR owning business transformation. And we really believe that HR should play a key role in leading these change efforts. Um, I guess my first question here, Rebecca, would be whether you agree with this being a key topic, a key theme. You know, Neely, I think it's a key opportunity for HR
0: In our digital transformation study in 2021, we found that HR lagged far behind the other key operational areas of the company in terms of digital transformation. This was a global study of about 1,400 companies, where we looked at digital transformation across operations, sales, marketing service, IT, product and services, and HR, and found that HR lagged far behind in terms of digital transformation projects. We see a couple of reasons for that, but we also see a key opportunity why HR, as those responsible for training, reskilling, coaching, mentoring, and career development, can be really important in helping employees understand the changes that digital transformation will create for their jobs and helping
1: them to get there. Okay, so we agree that there's this really big opportunity here, Rebecca, but then how do you think that HR can make the most out of this opportunity? Let me be more specific. How do you think that this will happen?
0: Well, I think HR has to look internally before it looks externally. There are tons of opportunities to implement technology within HR right now to drive these employee reskilling, career development, and other efforts that are critically important for any digital transformation. But when you look at across companies Only about 20% of companies have implemented best-in-class technologies for coaching, reskilling, and training. So that's an area where HR needs to say, we can make these internal investments that will enable the broader change management that needs to happen for digital transformation across the
1: company. How do you see that happen? Do you see it happen as perhaps there's going to be a few, let's say, transformation experts in HR departments, or would you rather say that it would be good if each HR professional has a certain basic kind of knowledge um, when it comes to uh, business transformation.
0: We think that there are opportunities for individual HR leaders to take advantage of these cloud-based technologies where they can pilot Understand and learn from technology led coaching and training, supporting peer to peer mentoring, these kind of areas for reskilling that are very important. The challenge for HR has been typically we have an average HR budget of 35 and a half euros per employee per month for HR technologies. That's encompassed HCM, payroll, benefits, all of those different areas. That's not a lot of money. Right where other areas in the company have been successful in digital transformation is where they've thought outside of their practice area. So think about sales and marketing. Sales and marketing doesn't go to the CEO and say, we need money to transform sales and marketing. They say, we have a project that is going to increase market share. HR needs to do the same thing. Instead of saying, we need to go and have better employee training programs to reduce recruiting costs, we need better training programs to drive more effective employee productivity, greater market share, greater competitiveness.
1: Yeah, so I guess, Rebecca, that would then mean that HR needs to to become better as well at presenting and defending its own case and maybe influencing. And then I don't mean influencing in the sense that we see on social media, but basically influencing the various stakeholders. Am I right in in saying that? Sure. To break through that
0: €35.50, budget, they need to be able to find budget outside of what's traditionally been allocated for HR. And that means being able to have a competitive business case against other areas, initiatives and projects in the business.
1: Now, something else Rebecca, that I really wanted to talk to you about is about something that we've seen and I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about it as well. It's talent marketplaces and talent allocation. Now, we know that one of the biggest challenges for companies has been already for quite some time to find talent. I think one of the biggest learnings of the pandemic is the fact that companies cannot um can no longer solely rely on um, finding their talent uh, externally. More and more companies are seeing one way of tackling this problem through the creation of these so-called internal talent marketplaces. Very long story short, Rebecca, what do you think about this, these talent marketplaces?
0: If companies in HR won't do it, the employees will. We're already seeing employees reach out to say, let me see what other opportunities are available to me, whether it's in my company or not. In fact, Our work from home study this year found that one in five employees have taken on a new gig outside of their full-time job to gain new skills and experiment with other job opportunities. That's a significant number. So again, this is an area where HR can get ahead of this by being the one that enables employees to understand what their career path is, to think about what the key skills that they are need to get there, but also to understand what opportunities are available so that they see a growth path within their own company.
1: Yeah, I like I like that you that you touch on that, Rebecca, because this is one of the other things that we identified for next year. It's all about career experiences and that it's, that it's about offering your people career experiences and these talent marketplaces and giving people the opportunity to perhaps spend some time in a different company to learn new skills and to grow there and then come back into the additional company. We see that as well in relation to these career experiences. Something else I found interesting about what you were just saying, Rebecca, is that this sounds like an employee-driven kind of initiative. Because you did the study one in five, I believe that you said, right? So that's mm-hmm. 20%, which I think indeed is a big amount of people. They took it up on themselves to find a different gig during, the, uh, during the, the period that they were actually working from home. So this, this really sounds to me like something that comes from the employees themselves.
0: Yeah, you know, I think what we saw is employees saying, maybe my time isn't completely being used efficiently at my current job. I'm not being monitored full-time so I can do something else. Let me look at what those opportunities are in the gig economy to try out other opportunities, to gain new skills, maybe to understand what another company environment is like working in. So this is an area where really HR providing those opportunities can help to keep those employees in the fold. But also, and perhaps more importantly, make employees feel like they're understood And that HR is focused on what are the needs of the particular employee in terms of experience, even if that means
1: letting them go a little bit. Yeah, I think there's still quite some work to do before we get to that mindset, isn't there? Before we actually see someone leaving, not necessarily only as a bad thing, but also as a good thing for them. Interesting, there was something else though that, uh, yes, that I wanted to ask you. And it's so, have because you say, Rebecca, so here's another opportunity for HR because they can actually try to provide employees with these kinds of opportunities. Have you come across some interesting real life example already of an organization doing this very well? You know, what we're seeing is really interesting technology firms that are
0: enabling this and large corporations that are looking at rather than laying off or having a group of employees that are somewhat stagnant in their position. How do I cooperate with folks who may even be competitors to share labor, to share talent and to give those opportunities? So I can't cite specific company names. Yeah, we're actually seeing some very interesting Work there and some interesting collaboration across industries in areas like hospitality, in areas like services, where I may have fluctuating demand for talent.
1: Very interesting. I'm, I'm personally I'm super excited about this uh, about the developments that we will see here in this in this particular area next year. Now, something else I'm very excited about, Rebecca, and that I really, really am curious to hear your thoughts about as well, is something that we call HR as a product. Now. What do we mean by that is that we're seeing this shift away from HR focused on projects to HR focused on products. Because traditionally, HR um, often functioned with this project mindset, clear timelines, set deliverables, and then aimed at being run efficiently. Product, on the other hand, is something that is ongoing. It does not necessarily have an end, and it's aimed at providing value with additional resources being allocated operationally as the impact increases such mm-hmm. a shift however so from project to product will require we believe an upgrade on the side of hr professionals they will need to better understand the company's internal customers their changing habits and preferences and they will also need to step up their game in delivering a more personalized and unique experience to employees now first question here rebecca Is this a shift that you're seeing as well? Yes,
0: and it's an area where the technology becomes really important because in a non-project-led environment, I can think about how do I pilot a particular area of technology for a small group of employees, for example, show the success of that effort, communicate it, and then make it self-funding across other areas. Mentoring and coaching is a great example where HR can experiment with new technologies, show the success from a limited deployment, and then expand it more broadly. What it does mean, however, HR has to get sharper about the way it presents its business case, realizing that a business case is not just the means to get budget for a project, but a roadmap for how I maximize the value of that technology over time.
1: Yeah, that goes back to what we were, we were discussing just, uh, just a bit before, right? That really, HR does need to get better at that. So, and when we talk about um, this shift from projects to product, Rebecca, where do you think that the biggest challenges lie? So you mentioned the first one here that HR needs to get better than at presenting its case, but where do you see some other challenges?
0: For HR also in communicating and marketing its new role and its new focus, both to management and to employees. We've often seen HR as an enablement of management, not necessarily as focused on delivering ongoing value to employees and managers. So shifting from that set it and forget it, we deliver this to you mindset to a let us explain to you how we can help you and what's in it for you to participate. is going to be really important.
1: Do you believe there are any obvious skills or competencies that lacking here for HR? It varies a lot across HR
0: teams, I would say, Nellie, but certainly the ability to communicate beyond HR speak, to talk about the impact for the business in overall business terms,
1: rather than organizational behavioral terms. Nice. I think the next one, Rebecca, you... Briefly mentioned a little bit about this uh, earlier from DEI to DEIB, the B being for belonging here. Now, I find this a very interesting one. First question, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something you recognize? Absolutely. You know, for so
0: long, Neely, DEI has been an acronym like CSR, something that I think about, that I budget for that I address in the annual report, and then I move on. And I think what we've seen in the past 24 months in in North America is employees say, I want to understand what my company is doing about CSR and DEI, and I want it to be not a checkbox item, but something that I have an active role in. So we're seeing, for example, in North America, companies employ technology to empower employee resource groups, employee volunteer groups, employees who are engaged and thoughtful about a certain cause or a certain philanthropy, we're seeing their employers put technology in their hands to enable them to make that part of the overall workplace conversation. That we see playing a really important role in the B.
1: Of yeah, exactly. And actually, when we when we were talking earlier about how your your studies show that employees were looking for side gigs, one of the things that that made me think of was okay, maybe one of the reasons they did was because there was they, they maybe lacked the sense of belonging, uh, in their current job. Absolutely. If I am engaged and feel like I truly
0: belong, I'm much more likely to seek internal opportunities for growth new projects, new opportunities, rather than looking outside. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was what I was going to say as well. Then you're probably much more motivated to find people within the organization to launch new initiatives, new projects. Yes. Very interesting. Something else that's a little bit linked to this, Rebecca, is, and it's also something we identified for next year, and that's about the movement that we see in um, rewards a little bit as well. So it's about impactful and inclusive rewards. What do you see happening here?
0: As we've seen the clear lines between work and home life blur in the past 24 months, you've met my dog, other people know about their children's schedules. We're all much more aware of the personal issues and personal differences that affect the way we perform at work. That means HR needs to think more flexibly about benefits and at an overall employee experience that reflects those diverse needs and diverse opportunities to be effective. And that goes from everything from rewards and benefits programs to understanding employee work hours and work weeks as we think about a hybrid and work from home environment.
1: I think Rebecca, so before we move on to the the final segment really of of this episode, I have one more question for you about next year, and that really is, what are you personally most excited about for the HR space? Personally, I'm most excited to see the opportunity that
0: technology enables for us to bring coaching and mentoring, not just to top management or those we're grooming for top management, but for a broader swath of the employee population, the enabling capabilities of technology for us to do this at scale means it's much more cost effective and can really help us up the game while recognizing the individual needs of different employees. And how they need to learn and be
1: coached. I can see how this could make sense as well um, in in, in companies efforts to try and uh, retain their people right because of course we've we've heard so much about this great resignation that is going on and I think if you can offer as an organization coaching mentoring at scale and really optimizing this combination of the possibilities that technology is offering us now uh, but at the same time also having this human element there that this could be a really, really, really big plus and make people want to stay within your company because they feel that you could actually grow within your organization.
0: And they're, they're getting some individual attention that's focused on supporting that growth.
1: Individual attention and I, th- and I think also personalized, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, very important. All right, Rebecca. Now then, one of my favorite parts of each episode is where I get to ask you, Um, about an epic win and an epic fail that you'd like to share with our listeners? Sure. So let's start with epic fail. Um, I think that this is common for a
0: lot of people and certainly for me, but one that is important for HR to think about. And we've touched on a little bit, but it's that inward focus. Sometimes I get so focused on what's happening inwardly with my process and my team that I don't think about the broader picture. For HR, that means Not just thinking about, again, how that project is going to impact HR metrics, but how it impacts the overall business. It means reaching out outside of the HR department to communicate and understand what the impacts are going to be of broader change management efforts, of broader coaching and mentoring efforts, of broader reskilling efforts, and working with those different operational leaders to do a better job of presenting that business case for the business not just for HR.
1: Nice. I think that is a very um, valuable epic fail. Now, obviously, I'm now going to ask you to share an epic
0: win with us then. You know, I think we don't realize nearly what an epic win HR has accomplished in the past 24 months, where different sales, marketing, operations managers have been responsible for their department or their team. HR has been responsible for everyone. This has meant becoming new data. Gatherers, being change management experts, being management coaches, all well, everyone is having change events, whether it's a move of house, a change in a child care situation, or a change in a job. So while well, it's been an incredibly frustrating time, I know, for HR professionals, I think when we look back and think about how they've been able to be effective in helping managers manage a constantly changing workplace environment. We'll say it's a big win for HR.
1: That's a beautiful, uh, a beautiful win. And, and I think it's very true as well. Um, yeah, and, and this kind of got me lost for words. But so thank you very much, um, Rebecca. And I also want to thank you with all my heart for joining us today, and for sharing your wisdom with us. Um, so yeah, thank you very much from me. Thank you. It's been great to be here. And um, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in for this episode of All About HR. It's the season finale, as I said, but we'll be back soon for a next season. In the meantime, if you haven't done so yet, please don't forget to subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell and like this episode. Thank you so much for watching and see you very soon for a new episode. Bye.